you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for being the helper. And you are the faithful helper. And I want to thank you for speaking your word today to your people and helping us to, to, to gain understanding. Thank you, Lord, for giving your servant the tongue of the learned so that he will know how to speak a word in season to him or her who is weary. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The title of the sermon is, Which Plan Shall I Follow? And we're going to the second one. Which plan shall I follow? When you're born, I believe God brought you into this world, allowed you to be born in the United States, gave you your family. You, don't, you didn't choose your family. He gave you your family. Gave those that will be around you as you're growing up. You had nothing to do with that. You may think your parents had everything to do with it, but this, that's the way God planned it. And he brought you here with a plan, a specific plan for your life. And sometimes you're growing up, I said last Sunday, you think you have a plan for your life. And your daddy thinks he has a plan for your life. And your mama thinks she has a different plan for your life. So God himself says, I got my plan for his over life. And the devil says, I also have a plan for this man's life. And they're all waiting for you to choose. Amen. 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 Choose God's plan. Amen. You see, God will protect you. He will do everything to keep you alive. To see where you will incline your heart. And what's important to you. If you will choose him. he do that. Now, last Sunday we were talking about Moses, and I'm going to be talking about Moses a lot to help us understand because Moses was the first deliverer. He was a type of Christ. He was a type of a man that God has chosen to do a specific work of deliverance. And Jesus, the Bible says, we should follow after Christ. He is the real man. And if you want to know what the will of God is for a man, Read about Jesus. Read about Moses. You might get it. When Moses was born, his life was in danger. The parents were not even sure if he would make it. When Jesus was born, the same thing happened. His life was in danger. Herod wanted to kill him. In the time of Moses, Pharaoh wanted to kill him. Both didn't know who they were trying to kill. They were just trying to kill. But he had a plan that was part of his life when he came into the world. And he couldn't be destroyed. God placed him in an ark and placed it by the bank of the river. Jesus is the ark for every one of us. If you stay in the ark, you'll never drown. Nobody can destroy you. You'll come out of the ark and be who, whatever you want to be. Jesus is the ark of the Lord. 
As you cry out in the ark, God sends a deliverer. And with Moses, Pharaoh's daughter came. That was an exciting thing because Pharaoh's daughter paid Moses' mother to raise him. She says, take this child. I'll pay you for raising your child. It's nothing gooder than that, amen, if you understand my language, okay? <laughs> I'll pay you for raising your child, and when he's grown, bring him to me. And I'll raise him like a king. That was a child that the parents thought was going to be destroyed. You know, that script, that particular life, the life of Moses, what happened to Moses, you can see that that was a fulfillment of a scripture that Isaiah revealed to us. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 23, he says, Kings shall be your, fa your foster fathers, and queens your nursing mothers. He says they shall bow down with their faces to the earth. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth. And lick off the dust from off your feet. It says, then you will know that I am the Lord. For they shall not be ashamed who wait on me. You know, Moses' parents were waiting on God. What will God do? As they left Moses out there in the ark. What's going to happen to him? They, were, they had kept Moses for three months. And now they had to let him go. And they were waiting on God. What would God do? God sent a princess. And now Moses was raised in the house of the king. Could you please get that child out now? Please help the mother. Thank you. You see, God knew you before you were born. Jeremiah 1 verse 4 and through 6, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Before I formed you, before I answered you, that's the Hebrew word, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. In other words, I created you. The Hebrew word for that is Bera. God created him from nothing, a spirit being with a soul, and then he formed him looking like what he knew he looked like in the spirit, as a spirit being, formed him in the womb. God said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Every one of you was formed in your mother's womb. You, the, the man and the woman gave what they had to do. When God forms that answer you, he takes from what's available, multiplies it, and he forms it. And but. Before that, what was formed in your womb, in your mother's womb, God already buried you, created you, and he knew you. And had a plan for your spirit. The body is not you. The body will die and go to the grave and will waste away. But the real you that was created by God in the very image of God, that has a soul that feels God created you, before you were in your mother's womb. In other words, you existed long before God formed you in your mother's womb and he knew you and had a plan for your life. 
He had a plan for your life. I wrote in my book, once you come to Jesus, you have a lifetime of discovery. That's discovering his plan for your life. As he begins to peel back and unveiling his plan for you as you keep walking with him. Every step of the way, some of the ways, some of the things you have to encounter are not very pleasant, but he's molding you. He's molding you to conform to his plan for your life. But you have to choose his plan for your life. That's exactly what happened to Moses. Moses was an individual that had two plans. He was raised in his mother's home, raised a Jew. And his mother hoped he would be a Jew all his life. But then he was trained in the palace of Pharaoh to be an Egyptian. And Pharaoh hoped he would be an Egyptian. His plan for for Moses was to be an Egyptian all his life. So Moses had two nations and two plans inside of him. And there was a big struggle. Who do I, what do I choose? Do I want to be an Egyptian? I don't know about that. If I am an Egyptian, I'll have a lot of fun. I'll be king and I'll have real, all this power. But no, but really inside, God formed me to be a Jew. I, I can't get, so there was conflict in there. I mean, it's have a conflict inside of you. Where to go? But Moses made his choice. He made his choice. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, it says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused. I don't want that. But in, in natural terms, that's a classy place to be. Everybody would want that. I, I don't like to be somebody who is close to Barack, the president. Right? And you tell everybody, I called Barack yesterday. You did? We want to know you know him. He gives you class, right? He gives you class because you know the president. Even those who don't like that president, when they know you have access to him, they will talk to you about it. <laughs> because you got access. But Moses rejected that. Because deep inside of him, he knew God had a plan for him. And he was going to abandon all of the greatness here because God's plan, in, he understood God's plan was better for him. And so... He rejected that. He said, choosing rather to suffer affliction. He knew it was going to be painful, but he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of, of, of sin. You know, Moses came out. He decided he was going to identify with his brethren. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. In 12, it says, Now it came to pass in those days, confirming that he rejected what uh, refused to be called Pharaoh's uh, daughter's son. He said, When Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren. He already chose. He went out to his brethren. He wasn't going to be called an Egyptian. He looked like an Egyptian. He dressed like an Egyptian. But inside, he knew he wasn't an Egyptian. He was identifying with the other folks back there. And he went out to identify with them. So he went out to his brethren. 
and looked at their burdens. He was identifying with them. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. You know, Moses came out. He wasn't going to hide his identity, identity anymore. It's a strange thing that's happening in the United States and in the church. The homosexuals are coming out. The murderers and all crazy stuff happening in the country, they're not ashamed of these things anymore. They are coming out of the closet and Christians are still hiding in the closet. They are afraid to speak about Jesus around their boss because they are afraid they will be fired. If they know that the boss doesn't like anything Christianity, I better not say thank you Jesus around him because he might fire him. The homosexuals are coming out, but Christians are hiding in the closet saying it's all the life. If I live a good life around them, they will know that I'm a Christian. Well, Jesus didn't do that. He went around preaching. He didn't go around walking, see how holy I am. I am the son of God. Can you see the glory on me? And say nothing. He preached the word to them. He healed the sick. He told them about his father. But what Christians want to do is hide in the closet and the homosexuals are coming out, taking over the government and changing the laws while Christians sit in the church and they are praying, hiding in the closet. But God has said, if you listen, if you stay in the closet, spend time with me, I'll reward you openly so that the homosexuals know it's good to serve the Lord. We need to come out of the closet. Moses came out. When you choose the plan, let everyone know you've chosen the plan. Don't hide. Make it known. And God will be with you. Amen. God will be with you. You know, it's funny. Moses looked this way. And he looked the other way. He didn't see anybody. He killed the guy and buried him in the sand. He looked this way. He looked the other way. He never looked up. <laughs> if he had looked up, he'd see somebody was watching. He buried him in the sand. Let me tell you something. I've come to realize you can't keep anything secret. It's going to come out. Men, if you're cheating on your wife and you're thinking you're real smart, <laughs> one day she'll find out everybody's going to be talking about it. There's nothing secret. You can't hide anything. You see, Jesus said in Luke chapter 8 verse 17, he said, every secret will be revealed. Everything that is hidden will become light. You can't hide it. Kids, hide from your parents. They'll find out. One day you'll make a mistake and leave it on the whatever your, what, what do they play with? iPad stuff, whatever. You, and your mama says, what? What? And you're in real trouble now. You can't hide anything. You can't hide it. 
If nobody says anything about it, you say it. Some other person, you have this need to let somebody know. Because God has already said it. You can't hide anything. How do they get the criminals? The criminals tell somebody in jail that I killed that person and the next thing they're killing them. That's the way it is. You can't hide anything. There's nothing you can hide. You can hide it. The best thing is to make it light so that you can receive deliverance. He looked that way. He looked the other way. He hid that thing in the sand. But then, he got really excited. Sometimes when you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, there's that little excitement, you know? You know, he's inside, but I got away with something. That's usually a dangerous place to be because you're in real trouble now. He went out the next day. I mean, the next day, he was out again. Possibly looking for another Egyptian to kill. <laughs> and then he found two of his brethren fighting. And he, he heard the matter and was going to talk to the individual that was on, in the wrong. He says, why are you doing this thing? I mean, you shouldn't be fighting. One of the, you got enemies trying to kill you, and you're going to kill one another? What you doing? And the guy said to him, I got to read this, okay? Um, that's uh, Exodus 2 verse 14. It says, then he said, who made you, this individual that was on the wrong, said to Moses, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And Moses realized he didn't bury that fellow real good. <laughs> the news was already out. And possibly Pharaoh was going to hear about it. And the best thing to do... <laughs> He said, I'm out of here. And he took off. Moses was acting what was inside of him. There was a fire burning inside of him. He knew he was, going to, he was supposed to be the deliverer. How do you know what God wants you or wants for your life, the plan of God for your life? How do you know that? How do you discover what God created you to do? You have to find out exactly what he created you to do. And when you start following that route, you may make mistakes. Amen? But you found what he created you to do. He'll come after that. Because you discovered it. The thing is to discover what he created you to do in life. We're not called to do. Every one of us is different. How do I know what God called me to do so I can go after it? What's that, what, is, what is it in you that drives you? What gives you the greatest pleasure when you're doing it? What is it that if you're doing, you'll say, I don't know why they are paying me for this. 
I just enjoyed it. I hear the basketball play, players say that. Have you heard them, some of them say that? I can't believe they're giving me this much money to do what I like. You know why? That's what they were created to do. The money doesn't matter. They just want to play. If they see somebody playing, they want to go. What are you passionate about? All of us are not called to be preachers. There are some of us, you are passionate about business. Every time you talk, business comes out of your mouth. That's who God created you to be. Go after it. Don't try to be a doctor. He didn't create you to be a doctor. That's your mother's plan for you. <laughs> oh my, I'm not talking to you. Okay. <laughs> what is that thing that you enjoy? That's this plan for you. If you enjoy teaching people, especially in church, guess where God's taking you? You may not be a pastor. Joyce Meyer, is, she's not a pastor, right? But look at what God's doing with her all around the world because she enjoyed it. Was she perfect? No. And she'll tell you that too. But she had this passion to teach and to watch people. People's lives change. That was a calling. She stayed with it and look at what God's done. You got to find out what God's called you to do. That was what was with Gideon. I mean, you heard about Gideon? Gideon, his people were in bondage to the Midianites. And Gideon wanted out. He wanted to be able to farm freely. Not under bondage. He wanted not just for himself, but for his people. And he was thinking. We read about this thing about Moses. How God split the Red Sea. And how God delivered it. What's happened to us? What's going on? That was Gideon's idea. Reading in Judges chapter 6. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Because Gideon went out, even with the risk, he was still going to farm. He was out there trying to produce something for his family, for himself. And an angel, that's the way they called the Lord when he appeared in the, in the Old Testament. They were called the angel of the Lord, capitalized. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. As soon as he heard that, he shut back fast. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord. Notice, Lord is lowercase. He didn't know who he was talking to. <laughs> oh, my Lord. If the Lord is with us, if what you're telling me is true, why then, uh, why then has all this happened to us? And where, where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? He was thinking about that. But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. You see, his mind was there in deliverance. We have been delivered into the hands of the Midianites. Why well, I want out. If God's with us, I want out. Send somebody to get us out. You're telling me God's with us, but what I'm seeing in the natural doesn't fit what you're telling me. I don't like to hear that. I need reality. I want God to do something. 
He says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this mind of yours. I mean, that was something that was a fire inside of him. And God called it might. Gideon had lived his life until this time. His destiny changed on that day. Because God then showed him his real calling. The deliverer. And God used him. Whatever it is that you have that's a passion for you. That's God's call for you. Go after it. Go after it. You know, in my family, when I talk to my children, especially my daughter, she just loves children. And she loves children. She wants to take care of children. So now, all we discuss about with her is what she's going to do. And she's not going to listen to you unless it has to do with children. <laughs> so we let her have a way because that's who God created her to be. We can be watching television. And she can be doing something, and a little child laughs on television. Gracie turns right back. She's watching that little child. This she, so I've recognized I'm not going to tell her to do anything, but something that has to do with children. Because that's what God created her. And guess what? If she goes after it, I have no doubt she will be successful. No doubt. She will be successful. She just will. You know, Moses found out his secret was out. What do I do now? Have you ever been in a place where you've poured out trying to help people? And they turn around <laughs> and let you have it? You've given everything and you think... You are pouring. That was, the, that was Moses. He thought he was doing real good. They will recognize I'm the deliverer. I am a prince and I'm going to help you. He wasn't dressed like them. The guy asking him, who made you prince over us? My, my dress says, I, the way I'm dressed tells me I'm a prince and you're not. He was trying to help them and they turned against him. And usually it's the one that's in the wrong. That turns. Whenever you're trying to correct people, that's when you really see. A lot of pastors have been wounded. And when you talk to pastors, shepherds, they'll tell you sometimes you get them, they're depressed. Because they're trying their best to help people. And those that they tried the most to help, they'll turn around and say bad things about them and curse them out, and the man is saying in the natural, he said, oh my God, I did everything. Now they turned against me. And some of them have not grown to the point where they can turn loose. And guess what? It hurts them. They're depressed. They get bitter. They get sick. And guess what happened? Who cursed it? A member turned him over to Pharaoh. <laughs> it's so painful. This is what life is. Parents have experienced this. You pour into a child and everything, and then they turn around. You know how painful that can be? You've done everything that you know to do, and you start wondering, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Maybe I missed it. That was what, what happened to us sometimes. I mean, you of us. 
you, 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 you did something. You had so much hope for your future. Just like Moses. So much hope for your future. You had dreams. And then one event changed everything. Now you're running for your life. Moses ran for his life. No longer a prince. Because of one incident. You had so much hope. Your dreams were there. You married the wrong person. Now look at your life. And you're wondering, how did I get here? How many felt that way? How did I get here? Things were going so well. And one thing happened, all your hopes, all your dreams, seem as if they just disappeared. And you feel hopeless. And you say, for, for those of us that have been faithful to the Lord, your question is, where is the Lord? What did I do wrong? I call this vision gain, vision lost. Moses lost the vision of delivering the people. He was totally gone. All he was concerned about is survival. Many of us find out that in business, you make one business decision and everything was looking well. Now everything is down and you feel, I can never, I got my chance. God gave me this chance. I made the wrong choice. And now look, what am I going to do? God gave me the best and I blew it. It's hopeless. Why should God give me another chance? Why? I made the wrong decision. My mother told me, don't marry this man. Now look. Oh, don't marry this woman. Why should God redeem me from this? All the hopes for the future. Now, for this one incident, it's gone. If you feel that way, you're not alone. That if you've locked into God's plan for your life, that's just the way he works. It's called vision gain, vision loss, survival mode, and vision regained. One day you'll be standing before a, a tree or a bush that's burning and is not consumed. Amen. That's just the way God does. If you feel that way, you're not alone. Joseph had a dream. He was going to be this great guy that his mother and father and all his 11 brothers were bowed down to. And boy, he was excited. He told them about it. That was a mistake. And his brother said, we'll see how that dream's going to come to pass. We'll see. We'll find out. They sold him out. And all Joseph was doing was just living. David, he was anointed to be king when he was about 16 or 17. I know the young man is thinking, I'm going to rule over all of this. 
But before long, he was in the wilderness trying to survive. At a stage, he allowed speed to just fall down from his face just to survive. Acting like a clown. You think he was thinking about becoming a king? No, he was trying to survive. The vision of becoming a king was gone. Something happened, that was gone. That's just the way God does. You remember Samson? Yeah. He made one silly mistake. And he thought, it's over. It's over. He lost his eyes. And I'm thinking, Samson thinking, God, how did I get here? God gave me everything. My long hair and all this power of the Holy Spirit. And I led this woman. Oh. But the hair started to grow back. Amen. Amen. The hair he started to grow back again. That's just the way it is. Zachariah prayed when he was young. The father of John the Baptist. He thought it was all over. After you've passed the age, God cannot use me anymore. Never say that. Never say that. You blew it in ministry. You gave up. No. If you're locked in, God's coming back. He's going to bring you in. Just as you're locking into his plan. Many times we run ahead of God. And that's where we make the mistake. If you found God's plan, God always has a season. There's always a time. He's called the fullness of time. Jesus didn't go, pre he's the perfect one. You know, he knew he was the son of God. He told his mother while he was, when he was 12, shall I not be about my father's business? But he never did any miracle until he was about 30 years old later. And you wonder, what was he doing? He was being a carpenter. When he, even after he had been, become a man in Cana, his mother had to force him to, to do the work. This always a time. There's always a season. If you run ahead of God, sometimes you suffer. Let me give you some tips to know whether or not you are running ahead of God. The first step is you just do how you feel. You act according to your feelings. <coughs> Excuse me. This is how I feel. <laughs> Who cares about how you feel? What is God saying? I just feel. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's not how you feel. If you go by what you feel, you miss it. If you choose your profession by how you feel, you may miss it. It's not how you feel that matters. It's what God has planned for you. Can I hear an amen? amen? That's what is important. So you go by what you feel. The second thing is you never talk to God 
before going after your dream. That's a clear sign you are going, you are going on your own. Notice what happened with Moses. When Moses went out to kill the Egyptian, did he talk to God? He wasn't talking to God. He went by how he felt inside and gave him trouble. But when God later told him to go bring them out, every step of the way, he was talking to him. Do you know that? He was talking to him constantly. Before he went to Pharaoh, he had to hear from God. Before he does his miracle, he had to hear from God. Before dividing the Red Sea, in fact, one time God didn't want him to turn to him. He turned to God. God said, why are you crying out to me? You got that stick in your hand. Put the stick out. But he was so used to talking to God. When you are not talking to God, it's a clear sign you are on your own. You are not doing what he called you to do. Jesus said, I never say a word but what I hear my father say. That's the way to go. And he spent hours talking to his father. I used to wonder, this is a very difficult thing. I mean, if the son of God is praying all night long, I'm not like Jesus. Maybe I should pray two nights long. <laughs> because he got no need. But many Christians are not saying anything to God, even about their business. They make business decisions based on how they feel, without even saying a word to Him. They employ without saying a word to God. They go by their own understanding. They buy a business without even talking to Him. And they wonder why things are not going well. There is a time not to talk to him because he talked to you first. He gave you the instruction. I want you to hire that man. I want you to do this. Then you don't need to ask him because that's not right. <laughs> He's already told you. But when you don't know, you talk to him. That's a clear sign when you are not praying, you are not talking to him. It's a clear sign you are out of his will. I like to ask God what church I should attend. I pray He tells you to be the ark, that is the Ark Fellowship. <laughs> we talk to Him. He is your Father. He wants to direct you. Commit your ways to Him. He will direct your paths. That's what the Bible says. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's Scripture. And if you're not doing it, even if you're doing what he called you to do, you'll make a serious mistake and you'll wind up in the wilderness. You'll wind up in the wilderness. Third thing is self-confidence. Self-confidence. When you just say, well, I can do it. You got trouble coming. I found out something about God. And I've said this here. I spent most of the year 1988 praying with people who were demon-possessed and people who were demonized. It was almost like every day I did that. One thing I realized after a short time, I realized I wasn't becoming an expert. I finally realized I wasn't an expert. Even though I had done it for so long, I wasn't becoming an expert. 
every case was different. When you're dealing with humans, it's never the same. That's why when Jesus healed, he didn't use one method. He constantly changed. Because we will worship the method and think the process is in the method. But no, it's in him. And you got to talk to him. I realized very quickly, I am not an expert. I can never be an expert being a pastor. I've got to talk to him. He's got to give me direction. Many times these individuals will come, by the time they get through telling me what was happening to them, my head is down and I'm saying, oh Lord, why did you bring this one? Because I really don't have a clue what to do here. But if you watch me and the way I behave, you see confidence. But inside, I was roasting. And I said, God, what's going on here? What's happening with this person? How do I deal with it? Never heard this. There was a case where I left the person. I said, excuse me, I'm coming back. I went to my mother and said, what is that lady saying? And, and, and explained to her because she used a language that I'd never heard before. And I said, mama, what, what, what is she saying? I know I'm the preacher, but this, this one got to, I mean, it's over my head. And mama said, oh, because she's grow, she grew up there and she understood the tradition and everything. She explained to me, this is what is happening. So I went back like I really knew what I was doing now. Yes, I can handle your problem. <laughs> you got to go to God. I ask him, God, what are you doing? And guess what? He never fails. He never fails. I was frustrated with him, with one girl, were frustrated with myself because I couldn't get this demon out for weeks, it seemed. If you talk to Pastor Paul, he'll tell you, because he was praying with me. So one day I got very frustrated and I said, God, why? And the Lord immediately said, she doesn't want to be free, that's why. I got mad and he didn't. Before long, I knew she wasn't. God can do that. You have to talk to him. You can never be that self-confident. You got to talk to him constantly, like Moses did, every step of the way. Even before Jesus went to the cross, he went to talk to his father to be strengthened. So important. Choose God's ways. Talk to him. Commit yourself to him. Next week, I'll come back to this sermon. There's a lot of things I want to show to you. Some of the things that are so crucial for your life, for my life, to really get God to start doing the extraordinary in the call that he has for your life. Every one of you has a call. Your call may not be to stand behind this pulpit. It may be to be out there. But be the best you can be for him. Amen? Amen. Be the best you can be for him. And God will bless you and bless your children. Stand up with me this morning. There used to be a song, a song that we sang, and I still sing that today. It's I Surrender All. I mean, you know that song? Yeah. I Surrender All. I Surrender All. That's what I want to do. I don't know much. I just want to surrender my life totally to God. How many want to do that this morning? 
you want to surrender everything and mean it from your heart. If you surrender, he takes, he takes that life. Sometimes we are too proud for our own good. And guess what God hates the most? Pride. He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. You don't care about what anybody, everybody else is doing. You do what is acceptable. So how many is going to surrender to him today? Let's surrender to him. Bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me on all eyes closed. All heads bowed this morning. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling people to his will for their lives. If you have not surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can do that this morning and he wants you to do that. He's been waiting. Your place at his table has been empty. And he's calling you to come back home and take your seat at his table. If you're here this morning and you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, but today you are making the decision to give everything back to him, to give your life over to him, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. That's so important. It's one thing to raise your hand. It's another thing to commit to his call for your life. I want everyone to make this decision today. Say, I am going to be committed to the course of Christ. That's what God is asking. Let everyone raise your hands to the Lord this morning and surrender. I surrender all. I surrender all. I am willing. Say with me. I am willing. I surrender all. Jesus, take over my life. That includes those who just raise their hands. You need Jesus. That's what you're telling him. Say it with me. Lord Jesus, take over my life. I will serve you. Energize my spirit to serve you with all of my heart, with all of my strength, with all of my mind. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. Heal my mind. Heal my heart. Heal my body. Make me great in your kingdom. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer today. Thank you, Jesus. I believe I am blessed, mightily blessed of God. I am a child of God. I will make it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. You are blessed. We're dismissed. God bless you.